and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect its career in its entirety. And today I have the pleasure to speak with surf photographer, Dave Nelson. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. I really appreciate you taking the time to help me do this interview. I'm honored. I'm stoked. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, right on. Thank you very much. And Dave, do you mind telling us about your career journey, how you became such a well-known surf photographer? I don't mind at all. Photography started when I was really, really young. My mom gave me a camera when I was about nine years old, and I got interested in photography just by shooting some film on this old brownie camera. And then I remember getting the first roll back and just being like, wow, because we didn't develop it for a long time. And I was really intrigued on how it froze that time. And I didn't really remember shooting all the photos that I shot. You know, it was, I think it was only like a, a roll of 12 photos, but it had been like six months since I shot them. And when I got them back, it was just amazing to, to see how it froze that period of time. And by the time I developed it, I was 10 instead of nine, you know what I mean? Anyways, you know, later on in life, I ended up meeting Tony Roberts, you know, just that chance meeting that I met with him changed my life forever, you know, because he was like super, super into photography and filming. And we did a lot of work together where I, you know, I was the skateboarder and he was the one shooting and, and we'd go back to his office and study the photos. And I would look at all the photos that he had published that were pasted to his wall. And at that time, I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do, but I was very intrigued. And you know, it all started there, I guess. So is, was Tony Roberts, he was a skateboard photographer and the surf photographer from our area, Santa Cruz? Yeah, so he was one of the most famous surf and skate photographers from Santa Cruz ever, you know. And he was always pushing the envelope as far as creating new styles and different angles. And mainly his name became big from all his uh, water photography because... I don't know. He just, he just came up with a lot of new pole cams and stuff that people had never done and certain stuff that, um, and he got published a lot. So, it, you know, when you get published a lot, people take notice, you know? For sure. I mean, that was great that you were able to meet him. Yeah. And did you ever take any photography classes? I took one photography class when I went to school down in San Diego. I learned a little bit in that, but mainly I just learned from trial and error and from, watching people that I admired do it, you know what I mean? And, and quizzing people, quizzing photographers, you know, there was a lot of really famous photographers came out of this area, you know, Chris Klopp and Bob Barber and TR and Steve Keenan. And I mean, all kinds of guys that from the surf and skate world that really made a difference in surf and skate photography. And so, uh, you know, some, some ways into my photography career, I met with all the legendary photographers in Hawaii and we'd all talk about like what we were shooting underwater photos at and what exposure we shot nighttime pipeline at and 
you know, all that kind of stuff. You just slowly throughout the years, you learn little bits here and little bits there and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, uh, I would imagine it's, it's really nice to surround yourself with all these greats for inspiration and just helping you like learn some of the, the different techniques involved, like shooting underwater yeah. might be really difficult, like with the lighting and reflection. It's amazing. It's amazing. Cause uh, once you figure it out, the most amazing type of photography, I think. That's really cool. And I was thinking that when you started, you must've been shooting on film and you switched to digital, I'm assuming. And how was that transfer and which one do you like more? Because I've heard that even with some of the new digital cameras, they're trying to like mimic what the old film, the old Fuji film cameras were doing. Is that right? Yeah. Some of it is definitely mimicked. It's, it's a very long and long story, but I was uh, actually the last photographer, the magazine I worked for, I was the last remaining one who still shot on film when everyone else transferred over to digital. I was horrified because I didn't know anything about digital. I didn't know anything about computers. I didn't even have a digital camera body, you know what I mean? So then the editor of the magazine I worked for ended up coming up here and saying, okay, it's time, Nelly, you gotta, you gotta switch. And I was so scared. They had to buy me a computer. They bought me a digital camera body. Guy had to, we did a 12 hour cram session. He flew up here from San Diego and we did a 12 hour cram session so he could teach me how to reformat the card after it full and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was one of the most challenging times in my career for sure. But now I'm really glad that I did it. You know what I mean? Cause I love all photography, film and digital, whatever it is. It's really changed the learning curve a lot because when we used to have 36 shots in a roll of film and we'd swim out and shoot, shoot off those photos, we were very careful about what we shot because we didn't want to burn through the film very fast. And now you can go out there and shoot 3,600 photos <laughs> and you, you just, everything that moves you shoot, just shoot sequences of everything, you know what I mean? Cause it doesn't matter. So it's changed the whole game as far as surf photography goes. Yeah. And is it because you're taking so many pictures these days, do some of like, is it hard to find the right one? Cause if you're scrolling through so many. No, it's not because you, you, it's like, it's like burned in your memory. So not only do you know, like how far into the session that wave was the magic wave that you, you know, you can tell when you get a magic shot or a magic, mm -hmm. we call it a hookup when the guy's the right distance from you and there's no spray going onto your port and on and on and on. You can just tell when you get that magic hookup. And so you just scroll into, you know, say it's halfway through the session, find that sequence, find that shot. I'll pull it onto my desktop. You know, usually these days I'm very picky. So I could shoot 1500 photos and pick three and I'll take three photos out of it and I'll throw the rest in the garbage. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, like taking pictures when I was younger with an old film camera and I, you know, would take them to Bay Photo and maybe you did too. And I just remember the guys saying like, man, if you can get like just one, you know, out of this yeah. role, like that's what you want. I was like, that's, yeah. that's cool. That's, it was hard for me to like to take that like at the time, but I can see that, right? Yeah, I mean, the ratio of a magic shot you know, it's not very, it's not very, you know, I've had full sessions where there's not one magic shot, you know what I mean? Or, or you have sessions where there's 30 magic shots. It just depends. Depends on the lighting, depends on the day, the size of the waves, the color, the, you know, and then the action. 
you know what I mean? Some, some guys just know how to shoot photos. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and the lighting is a big part of that too, right? Lighting for sure. You were talking about your friend earlier who mm -hmm. just got a camera and he's shooting in the Carmel and Monterey area or whatever he said. And that just reminded me like it's the best lighting in the world down there. It's like crazy how much better the lighting is down there than here. <laughs> I wonder why that would be. Uh, well, the Monterey Bay is bent, right? Mm -hmm. Bent around horseshoe. So when the sun comes up here in Santa Cruz, it comes up out to sea, comes up out in the ocean, doesn't come up inland. And that's what you want. You want front lit. You want, or at least that's what I want. That's what I look for is front lit conditions in the morning where it's just beaming. It's like a studio, you know, and down there, it's the exact opposite of here. So the sun comes up straight inland and stays there all morning long for like till 11 a.m. It's like from dawn to 11 a.m. is like the best lighting you've ever seen. Okay. You talked about that you were an employee for a magazine. Over your career as a photographer, has that is that like typical or you, do you usually just freelance and sell your photos to, to different publications who want to buy it or how, do, how does that process work? Well, I mean, obviously times are different now, but back then you had to really strive really hard. And, sh and, you know, one of the reasons that I got a job at a magazine is because I shot water photos all the time. I mean, and they, they really looked, they really looked for that, you know, cause anyone can stand on the beach and shoot photos. <laughs> but if you're willing to put on a, seven mil wetsuit with a hood and booties and put swim fins on and swim out into freezing cold water and shoot and produce good water shots you become valuable right and the key to photography is coming up with something that other people don't don't have you know i have this spot that i go shoot sunset photos down the street and I'll go by the pink house there by the harbor and there'll be 800 photographers shooting the exact same photo <laughs> with their tripods. And I'm like, wow, like that's, that's exactly what I don't look for. I don't want to have the same photo that every other photographer has. Only you want to have something different. So early on in my career, I started shooting a lot of flash stuff where I would swim out in the water with a flash, with a flash housing, a water housing with camera, and a flash inside of it. And then I'd also have another flash that I'd have an assistant swim out with. And we'd started to shoot like different gels and colors in the water. And I ended up coming up with this, you know, something that no one's ever done. And so that set my photos apart. And throughout the surf world, it was recognized. And I got a lot of covers of magazines all over the world doing that. No one had ever done it before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's super awesome. And I remember it was like a week or two ago, I saw a bunch of pictures on Instagram that you posted of a bunch of your flash surf uh, photos. And they were, yeah. so, they were so cool having it be like night out and then just having the surfer illuminated. Yeah, and you know, like that, the froth factor had to be really high to do that because you're swimming out in the dark and there, there are sharks in Santa Cruz. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and I had to have an assistant who, who was consistently meeting me here every single evening so we could analyze whether it was going to be good enough to do it. And so there was a lot of factors that had to go exactly right for that to happen. And, and it did for about a five or six year period where, you know, we'd go to Hawaii together and we'd shoot double flash over there and we'd go on trips together around to wherever Australia and all kinds of places actually. Micronesia and and he would come with me and just hold the flash 
and the magazine paid for everything for him just because he was willing to do that. God, what a great opportunity. Yeah, it was really cool. And he's actually become a really amazing photographer. His name's Corey Hansen. Okay. Well, yeah, and, that's, that's awesome that you were able to give him that. Yeah, give him that experience. And also awesome that he was able to give me that because he was the one who was reliable. Not only was he reliable, but the, the position he had to sit in, in the water, was the worst possible position you could ever sit because he had to sit in the flats and basically take the, the brunt <laughs> of the wave on the head every single time. And for him to do that for five or six years straight was just like invaluable. And you mentioned sharks earlier. Have you had any close encounters over the years? Mm, yeah, quite a few. Yeah. I've had one up north at a spot kind of near Scotts Creek mm -hmm. where it was, uh, I got chased in by a great white. I, oh and then I had one at Davenport where I got chased in by a great white, but I was surfing that time. I wasn't shooting. The, the time at the other spot was super scary because I was swimming. And so it was just like, in my head, all I could think about was, <laughs> where did it go? Because it came up and I saw it through a wave. So it was silhouetted through the wave and then it disappeared. And I, oh, I was just, it was just like, okay, I had a 300 yard swim to do. And all I could think about was where that, where that thing possibly could be. Yeah, that must have been pretty sketchy. Probably couldn't get out of the water quick enough. Yeah. And you know, like it's, it's, Throughout the years, I've realized that your chances of getting hit by a shark are really, really low. So not that big of a deal, but it's definitely runs through your head when you're swimming out here. Well, I'd imagine, right? I mean, I've heard, you know, that sharks have bit maybe a kayak, but yeah. And for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to the What To Be Show on KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM and streaming at ksqd.org. I'm Patrick Hart, your host, and I'm speaking with surf photographer Dave Nelson. And Dave, before you also mentioned about putting yourself in places that maybe other people don't want to go and like cold waters and stuff. And I've seen pictures of these amazing waves in Ireland or even maybe like in Alaska or up in the Pacific Northwest area. Have you, have you shot for surf photography in like some of those areas? I, I've been to Alaska three times on surf trip. It's amazing up there. Very cold. You know, I mean, it's, it's definitely not a place that you'd go on vacation, really. You know, I guess a lot of people go up there to fish, but it's not really a surf destination, you know. But if you get it on the right day with the snow-capped mountains and all that kind of stuff, you can get some really special photos. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to travel to Australia and South Africa, Tahiti, Fiji, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Mexico, Alaska, I mean, Hawaii every year I go for, you know, I worked for Vans for 12 years. So I worked for the Vans Triple Crown throughout my whole career. I worked for O'Neill for many, many years. I still work for them. You know, I mean, I could keep going. Yeah. It's just luckily for me, like we were talking about before, I stopped drinking and partying and it became, it made my life so much easier too to do that stuff because it's really you're really clear-headed and then you can see what you need to do to make this stuff to manifest stuff in your life and that would have never happened any of that stuff would have never happened if it wasn't for that you know what i mean yeah and having things like start 
making more sense. That must be just motivating too to keep going down your path in it. And it sure seems like you made the right choice. For sure. I mean, I, there was there was years early on where I was just baffled. It was like it was. It's hard to say that it wasn't karma. It was like, okay, now you're doing the right thing and I'm going to throw you all these gifts. It was like someone was throwing me gifts because it was like how fast my life changed and how I, I just couldn't get over it that I was traveling around the world on someone else's dime and getting paid to do it. And it was just beyond comprehension, really. Yeah, it definitely seems like a blessing. <laughs> it was amazing, you know what I mean? And, and now... You know, I did well enough to where I still get to travel all the time. Maybe sometimes it's on other people's dime and sometimes I pay for it myself, but I still get to do what I love. It's just, it's definitely a blessing. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. It seems like a pretty good life. And yeah. A good life choice. Yeah. It was a great life choice. Yeah. Um, do you mind sharing some of your favorite projects that you worked on that you've worked on over the years or that you're currently working on? I mean, favorite projects would be some of the flash stuff that I traveled around the world. Some of the trips, like I did one trip to Papua New Guinea where it was, I did a, a boat trip. It was a 26 day boat trip. I don't wow. know if you've ever been out on a boat for that long, but, no way, but that sounds awesome. It's life changing. It was, it was crazy because you start like questioning everything you've ever done. You have so much <laughs> time to sit and think, you know what I mean? It's like, it was just mind blowing. Yeah, I can only imagine that the, the pictures you got from that trip must have been incredible. You know, what's funny is that we were out there. I was on a rip curl search trip. And so we were weaving in and out of the, pop, the islands, the inner islands of Papua New Guinea. There's like thousands of them. The funny thing was, is I got all these really great surf photos, but the best photos and the ones that I cherish and love today are of the people there. Because the people there, it's like going back in time. They've like not only never seen a big schooner boat like we were on, but some of them didn't even know what to make of us because they had never seen people like us before. And they all climbed on our boat. We had like 140 village people climb on our boat and they all sang three Papua New Guinea songs and wow. stuff to us. And it was just like those photos are like the most timeless and radical photos that I've ever gotten. That's so cool. Do you mind explaining to us, um, for people who may not know, where Papua New Guinea is? Papua New Guinea is, if you go straight up from Australia, on the left side of Australia towards Indonesia, that's where Papua New Guinea is. It's actually a huge island that's split in half, and half of it is Irian Jaya, and half of it is Papua New Guinea kind of like the Dominican Republic and Haiti. You know, they're both on one island, but they're two different countries. It's the exact same thing, but it's over there. And so it's out in the Indonesian archipelago. They don't want, they want their independence. So they're constantly battling with Indonesia about not being under their thumb anymore and being independent. Yeah, it's, so if you go to Bali and you go towards Australia, that's where Papua New Guinea is. Okay. Was, how was the travel just getting out there? <laughs> it was as long as you could possibly imagine. I, I bet. Lots of flight. We finally got there. The boat was broken down when we got there. So we ended up spending time in Sulawesi, I believe it was. It's another island out there. You know, we started in, I think we flew to Singapore first. Then from Singapore to Jakarta, Jakarta to Sulawesi, Sulawesi to this little island called Biak, 
and that's where the boat was. So and at that point, it was probably like on a on a prop plane on those like last maybe flight or so. Yeah, yeah, prop plane for sure. It was crazy. It was one of the most interesting, eye-opening experiences of my life for sure. And did you explain that that was a surf trip? Yeah, that was a surf trip for a company called Rip Curl. It was a search trip, which means that all you do is search for for waves that have never been surfed, basically. And we found a lot of them. <laughs> it was really amazing that there was crazy things. And it was like lots of sharks, saltwater crocodiles out there. You know, we'd be sailing by these boats where there'd be a tiny little boat in the middle of the ocean. And the guy was using a tarp for a sail. <laughs> and he's out there fishing. Can't even see land. He was so far out there. That's you know so I mean? crazy. And that's so cool. Yeah, and you see a lot of that. It was like not just one. That was a lot of different experiences we had like that where you're like, wow. like God, just so confident. Yep. That, that must have been, like you said, just ama an amazing trip for sure. Uh, and so much history out. They call it the Spice Islands because it's one of the last places where they actually do trading. Oh. There's no money involved. It's trading. They trade they'll take a boat from their village over to another village and they'll trade their spices for your vegetables and, or whatever, you know I mean? That kind of, that kind of stuff where it's like going That's, back in hundred years or 200 years. What an, what an amazing experience. Yeah. It was awesome. And that's what you do for your job. Yeah. It was pretty cool. That is so cool. And why is your job important to you and, or to society? Well, Sometimes I don't feel like it's important to anyone but me, but other times I get a lot of messages from people who thanking me for them being able to live vicariously through what I do and the positive message that I send in my posts or whatever it is, you know what I mean? And, and so I guess that would be why. For me, it's important to me for many, many reasons because it keeps me creative. I'm always trying to change things so that it doesn't become stale and boring to myself in my life and so that's a creativity is the number one best way to do that yeah it seems like the life you live it seems like it would hard for it to get stale yeah it, the only time it does is when it's my fault when i get lazy or rest on my laurels like they say it can become that way really fast but i try to stay motivated and pick people to work with that are positive and rad to work with because there's definitely some people in the surf world that aren't that rad to work with. And, and you, you talked about how your pictures can inspire people and they can live vicariously through you. And, you know, before this interview, I was telling you that I saw a picture you posted on Instagram this morning of, you know, a very nice message about your family and just how like, it's how awesome that is for me just to see that and how like uplifting that is. And, so I'd imagine that you're touching a lot of people with your pictures and your, you know, your positivity. I, I try, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I, I think it's going pretty good. Yeah, it, it seems like it. And Dave, what advice or resources can you give to students who are interested in pursuing a career in photography? Just find your passion. First of all, you got to be passionate about what you're doing because it's, it comes across in your photography immediately if you're passionate. You know, it's not something that you're going to pick up a camera and go, and it's going to be easy. It's like a career that you have to work really hard at. And it's really, really rewarding if you do. Unless you know some very important people like Oprah or someone. 
you're, you're going to have to work hard at it to make it into a career. You, just like anything else, you know, I mean, you work at Jamba Juice, you got to go for eight hours, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's working hard in my opinion. And so for me, what worked was as soon as I got stoked on shooting water photography, water photos, I was out there every time it was sunny. You know I mean? If it was sunny, I was shooting from the water and the learning curve became really easy. I, I, I got really good really fast because I was passionate about it. So you have to find what you're passionate about, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of different types of photography that you can, you know, you can be into scenic photography or dog photography or wedding photography or whatever, whatever it is that makes you stoked and you're good at and you find that you're good at it, then run with it. Yeah, that's, that's great yeah. advice. And it, it sure makes sense. The cameras these days are so incredible that it's more about what's in your head than it is about the camera. Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day, the cameras weren't as good and you had to be really good and shoot a really sharp photo for it to be worth anything. You know, nowadays it's like the cameras are just phenomenal and so high in megapixels and, and clarity that, you know, oh, that's another thing is like, you better be pretty good at the computer and learning these apps and different, you know, light rooms and uh, Photoshop. If you get really good at that stuff, you can get really creative and get some really different types of photos and get your own style. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I hate to admit it, but I've gotten lazy in that way. I have gotten so used to digital photography. I can't imagine swimming in after 36 photos, taking my wetsuit off, drying off my hands, taking my camera out of that water housing rechanging the film, figuring out what to do with that roll of film while I swam back out and shot more. <laughs> it's not even an option anymore. You know, you mentioned Bay Photo Lab earlier. Well, they, they processed all my film throughout my whole career. So I've been working with them for over 25 years. Super cool. So we just went, when we got back from Hawaii, we went and turned in all our film and we went and picked it up the other day. And so I was really stoked. And that's another thing that you know, with digital, it's like you can go home and plug the camera into the computer and you're instantly looking at everything. And there's something about like taking it to Bay Photo, you know, driving there, dropping it off, talking to the nice people there and kind of waiting to get it processed. And like that excitement kind of builds, right? And that's, that's pretty fun. I remember. For sure. And you know what I do is when I shoot photos, all the surfers, they want to look at them right there in the, on the back of the camera and I don't let them. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Because because of that, it's like, you gotta like be patient and wait till a finished product. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna show you these shots right now. Wait till they're done, you know? Yeah, I can, I, I can respect that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Dave, are there any final things you wanna leave us with? Oh, just thank you for letting me a part of the show. And there's always room for more photographers. That's the thing. Like, I remember back in the day when it was really, really competitive, there was only like 60 or 80 of us worldwide surf photographers, you know what I mean? And I got really worried when things went digital that my career wasn't going to be there anymore, you know? And, and then I, I realized that there's always more room for more photographers. There's always, it's all about how psyched you are and how stoked you are on photography. And there's a job there for you if, you, if you're stoked. Well, Dave, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to share your really inspiring and great story with us. It's really appreciated. Right on. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story with me, Patrick Hart, 
on our show, What To Be, with today's guest, Dave Nelson, who's a surf photographer. You can find Dave on social media at Nelly's Magic Moments, or you can visit his website at davenelson-photography.com. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, please send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays and streaming online at ksqd.org. Or you can find us on major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify. And please visit our website at yfiob.org for more information about your future as our business. Thank you and see you next time.